Hi, everyone. My name is Kabir Siddiq. I am the founder and CEO of Sleepy Cat. We change the way people shop for mattresses and sleep products at direct from factory prices. you get, the more you realize the importance of a good sleep in making you more productive. And while there are many things you can do for good sleep, one of the simplest ones is to buy a good quality mattress. And as millions of digitally savvy Indians start looking for mattresses online, it creates the opportunity to build iconic D2C brands in the space of sleeping products. In this episode of the Spotlight Podcast, your host Akshay Dath talks to Kabir Siddiqui the founder of the D2C mattress brand, Sleepy Cat. Kabir's entry to the mattress space started with running a traditional retail outlet for mattresses, where he was able to learn about consumer buying behavior and identify the scale-up challenges of offline retail. This learning helped him scale up Sleepy Cat into one of India's most loved mattress brands, and he shares his scale-up journey in this conversation. Listen on to this insightful conversation about starting up and scaling up. Born, born up in Calcutta. Studied in America for my undergrad. Had finished at 2011. And uh, my father was into actually interiors of offices. So you can say that, let's say he gets a large project of, let's say, 10, 15,000 square feet of LNT. He's in just projects like that, but was very focused in East India. My mom is a certified professional Pilates instructor. So you, in a way, like you, you grew up in a family of entrepreneurs. You would hear them talking about like building up a business, finding customers and stuff like that on a daily basis. Always learned that from my dad, especially while him run, while he was running his business. And when I got into the startup world from his background of understanding what business is, it was very different because when I joined, I was like, a business is only a business when it's profitable. So uh, why did you go to the US for your education? So I always thought the education and even the system or let's say college out there. It's weekly exams, it's attendance in different ways. And out here, people in India, obviously, sometimes just going towards the final exams. And I wanted to have that experience, meet outside people. I think it really helped me as well. The system in America is very conducive to learning. I like the way the format takes place over a semester. And the facilities, the travel, the experience of meeting new people, I think that's that's what's actually made me understanding and being intuitive of the world now. When I came back in 2011 from my undergrad, I thought I knew I had to join my father's business, but I was too immature for that. So I thought, let's go out in the world and gain some experience. So obviously I went to the fancy banking world because that's all what I knew of people should get after college. I did that for four to five years. Where were you? With Deutsche Bank between Bombay and Hong Kong. I was into prime brokerage. So it's a trading arm of investment banking where we work with hedge funds and maintain the relationship and trading across Asia Pacific. And your clients would have been like Hong Kong based hedge funds, right? India doesn't have hedge funds as such, right? Exactly. So that's why I used to travel when I was in Bombay on desk at 6.30 a.m. because markets in Hong Kong opened by 8.39. But yeah, I used to spend months in Hong Kong as well because he was catching up with clients and meeting them. So it gave me, that was the first, that gave me so much structure in understanding how work and meetings should take place, how format in terms of performance matrix, what do we view, how reporting takes place. 
Yeah, since 2015, I quit. I thought I'll go join dad then. And I went back to Calcutta. If anyone is from Calcutta here listening and you would know if you know some people, Calcutta life is slightly, it's laid back, it's laid back. So when I joined him in 2015, I thought I'd do something of my own while working with him in Calcutta. I went back to Calcutta and obviously I'd met some friends and contacts who had traditional mattress brand in West India. So that, hey, if you ever move to East India, open this up with me. And I was like, yeah, because I coming from America with amazing fluffy comforters, soft president style pillows, mattresses were so nice to be consumed. And India is so commoditized. I really think there's a market for it. So I'll open up your brand in East India, typical retail distributorship hotel projects. But while working on that, in six to eight months, I burned my fingers because I went through all the pain points of like late delivery. Mattress is the most expensive item to sell per square foot of the real estate industry because it's just that large and voluminous size. So all warehousing logistics between dealer, distributor, retailer, your end guy coming, dropping at you for 10 floors up costs a lot of money. So I went through that low quality being sold at high prices, freight taking three weeks, being expensive, too much choice. People were getting confused. They don't like it. They can't return it. So all those pain points. This, you were not manufacturing. You were just distributing. Like your friend was manufacturing in the East. Correct, correct. Okay. So all of these pain points, I realized that it's not working. It's people are not buying it. They're not even understanding and enjoying buying mattresses because look at this entire supply chain. Look at the amount of choices. Look at the price they have to pay. There's no understanding of it. And hence, this was like a premium priced product or like mass market? It was premium priced. And you were uh, trying to build a distributor network. Yes, distributor, retail, working for hotel projects. But uh, there were a lot of red flags in how people look at this mattress economy. They never had the joy of buying a mattress the way they have buying a TV for their house or a sofa for their house. And if you think about it, they're all need-based products, mattress, pillows, sheets, comforters. That didn't change. Eight months in, I realized and I burned my fingers, I lost money. And I said that it has to be done differently. Like, let's solve all these problems. Can I deliver in 72 hours? Can I do directly from factory so I can give you high quality at low pricing? Can I mitigate risk by giving you a free trial? You don't like it, I can take it. Can I simplify choice? Only two mattresses has all the features. Zipper cover, temperature control, pressure relief, support, orthopedic. And have it in any sizes delivered to you. So I did the one and a half years of research. I made sure I picked all these boxes where I'm giving you a value proposition. And that's how it started. That's the journey of Sleepy Cat at 2017 November. Yeah, how did you stitch the pieces together? Making sure that you, like you mentioned 72 hours, you mentioned less choice, you mentioned free trial. So, you know, all this stuff. How did you go about achieving each of these checkboxes? So firstly, obviously, I learned it being on the floor to see customers coming in and eight mattresses laid out. They used to leave there more confused than they came in because I used to keep showing them this. At one point, I realized... And probably the difference is too subtle for most customers to make out. Exactly. And what are you going to lie down on five to ten minutes and know? So what I did at one point was that when I used to be on the floor and someone came in, I would just take them to one mattress and say, this is the best for you. And it always worked. It worked. So I learned simplifying choice is the main item out here. Second is I learned that this compression technology exists in the West. Some brands are already doing it, putting mattress in a box. So if I can bring it here, the freight cost I reduce by XYZ to just X and which I can easily deliver. So how does compression technology work? So you think about a smiley ball, which you have on your table, right? Those stress balls. So it's made out of foam. 
So how much ever you squeeze it in your hand and you hold it, when you release it, it goes back to its original shape. So think about a large, high-quality foam mattress using the best of quality, memory foam, high-density foam. We put it into a huge machine that applies hundreds, hundreds of tons of force and compresses and pushes all the air out of it and quickly vacuum seals it. So it becomes this paper thin and I can roll it and put it into a box. And when it's sent to you, you open up the seal, boom, it expands to its original shape. And it remains, its entire firmness, its feel, all of that remains 100% intact. There's no loss of it. So solve the purpose of that. Isn't spring used in mattresses? Uh, what are the different types of mattresses? like? Okay, so the old school ones were coir and cotton, widely grown in the south. But they were inferior material for mattresses. They didn't have responsiveness. They attracted a lot of bed bugs. Wasn't good for your back. And they would, like that cavity would get formed with use. There used to always be a dent indentation that it took place. The second, which was the general retail market uses is springs, which are very popular, but springs weren't the most comfortable because all springs have the same tension, right? Now it's, it reacts the same way to your body weight, my body weight, everyone else's body weight, and even to different body parts. Our shoulders, our hips are heavier, our legs are lighter. So... It pushes back the same way, so it doesn't equally distribute your body pressure. Hotels widely use springs because they're highly durable. They last for years to come and it's overused. Hotel mattresses are overused. So it's durable, that's why it lasts. But the better quality, which people are supposed to be using, is a combination of comfort layers, transition layers, and base layers of good quality foam. That provides the correct responsiveness pressure relief and support to your body. What are these layers that, that you've spoken about? Memory foam, if you know, it is basically a layer which was actually first invented by NASA back in the day. It really helps in pressure relief. How much ever body weight and pressure you put on to it, whether it's your finger, your hand or your entire body, it helps take the shape of that on the top. So when it helps take the shape of that, it maintains the end shape of your spine while you sleep. And it's very ideal for good quality sleep. So we use that on a top layer. Okay, so that is what you're saying is comfort layer. Correct, comfort layer. Then we have, let's say, a transition layer, which is basically a slightly soft foam between the hard base support foam and the memory foam that helps in the correct responsiveness for the memory foam to act. Because if I put the memory foam straight on a hard piece of surface, you're not getting the correct responsiveness. So it's a memory foam, it's a transition, and then a base support foam which provides a structure and durability to the mattress, the firmness to it. Okay, base is like less, uh, like more firm, basically. More firm. So this is high quality combination, this is ideal for you. And this is what, let's say, premium mattresses are now using across the world. Uh, so, so this is therefore compressible because there are no springs in it, so it can be easily compressed. Correct. Nowadays, actually, springs can also be compressed. There's newer technology of springs that are allowing for that to be done. But I guess that's for a another time and another story got it okay so so uh, and uh, like you wanted a mattress with all the features so tell me about the features you wanted uh, and if you can explain what each of those features does so let's just say the foam i've covered okay it gives you the comfort layer transition layer our memory foam also has a little bit of gel introduced to it and helps relate your body temperature a little bit otherwise memory foam sleeps a little hot it sleeps slightly cooler on that front we put an inner zipper cover which is made of net for extra airflow. On top of that comes the outer zipper cover. The outer zipper cover is structured in three ways, where the bottom is an anti-skid material, so that when you move on your mattress, the mattress doesn't move on the bed. It sticks to its place, right? 
the top is a knitted fabric which has a stretch so when you move around on the fabric it doesn't hold you it stretches and moves with you and it's quite breathable as well and this top white fabric has a zipper so anytime you want you can never otherwise wash your mattress to maintain hygiene you can remove the top zipper cover throw it onto the washing machine have it washed and clip it back on so you maintain hygiene from bed bugs all of this direct from factory 72 hours any size you want in a price range of 10 to 15000 inclusive of all taxes and shipping and if you don't like it we pick it up from your doorstep so uh, direct to factory tell me how you figured that out like you tied up with a bunch of factories or like how did you do that we manufacture in a central factory we distribute to our regional warehouses like from 2017 onwards you've been manufacturing or was this a evolution evolution actually i started with contract manufacturing which was very difficult because no one had the skill and technology to be able to deliver quality product there are certain industries in india that have evolved very well let's say like the garment industry where you can get finished goods which are for export yeah automobile but some industries having because let's say it's been consumed by other parts of the world so mattresses is one of it we had in evolved so okay i can give you at a click of a button the best product you want So it was starts to do contract manufacturing, which I did start with, but then slowly moved on to my own, and we just opened up a new factory in the Gengurgao side. I think around it's just the release is going to be this month itself. What we call the Great Indian Sleep Factory, and now we are manufacturing a lot of it, and hundred percent of it in house, innovating. We are taking control of the supply and raw material. make sure you get a 100% quality of product so like rewinding back to 2017 so okay you tied up with some contract manufacturers or one i guess contract manufacturer and 72 hour delivery how did you do that and that compression machine you must have invested yourself in that or did you yeah so actually when i first started it was really funny that i didn't want to invest in this factory in the beginning myself but i burnt my fingers in my previous venture so i said okay let me do this right so i went from factory to factory in india saying that hey can you invest this sum of money of let's say 30 40 50 lakhs and set up a process where i can then buy this mattress they all thought i was crazy you want to buy one mattress literally one model and you want me to invest this and i uh, that time i was much younger and i looked like a, i didn't look very older in terms of my look so the, the, even now you look very boyish <laughs> yes and I'm, and i'm like 34 i'm 34 now so at that time i looked even younger so they would just disregard me like who is this kid obviously one person bought into it and he did invest so i was lucky working with him like he invested in the compression technology also for packaging we invested so i i had the project report i said here this is what you need to purchase in order to provide me with my product he said okay and he did that and i bought from him and he gained the margin of it now the 72 hour delivery is that what we started doing we started making some standard sizes and putting it in our warehouse in bangalore in bombay in hyderabad so when order comes in and our item now it's in a box it's the size of a gold bag so i can easily courier it to you so we tied up with blue dart the dtdc the courier company in the world and now i can send you the mattress quickly in 72 that's what changed in logistics did you have to give some minimum order quantity commitment to this contract manufacturer who you tied up with I gave them a business plan but I did not give anything in terms of money as a security. So it, they kind of went on my verbal agreement that and they believed that I would do it. I a lot of people rejected me in the beginning. So th- these guys were like your first investors in a way. Uh, you could say so, yeah. 
Okay. So you set up all of this. Now, the next thing is customer acquisition. And yeah, uh, one last question in this setup. So you wanted less models. So which models did you choose? What option? Was it only one standard option with different sizes or? Yeah, I literally went to market with one mattress, a six-inch mattress, which is a three-layer combination, which we are still selling. Memory foam, gel memory foam on top, the transition layer and the base foam with the zipper cover in whatever sizes you want. That's it. All I did was that listed on Amazon with one video of me, which I spent like 15,000 rupees on, explaining, hey, this is we I'm the founder of CEO. I'm solving your problem of buying a mattress direct from factory. Look at this mattress. This is the price. Cutting out all middlemen. You don't like it. Free trial. You can return it. And they saw that video, built trust. They understood the brand. They liked the logo packaging product. And they started purchasing on Amazon. And that's how it started. You, you use like some agency to do your logo and all that, like the branding work? Yeah, we did. I did. So, but very basic investment on the logo, branding, getting the company together. That was very basic. And yeah, the more we started selling, then started investing in the. So tell me the journey from here. Now, 2017, like what numbers did you get? And what channel? It was only Amazon in 2017? Yeah, Amazon, a little bit of a website was there as well. But in 2017, we started only in November, right? So I'll tell you more about 2018, actually. 2018 in the financial year, we were doing well, but we used to always run out of stock because our contract manufacturer wasn't up to speed of providing those many pieces. So I used to do a mix and match. A little bit I used to get from China, a little bit I used to get from here. I started, used to, China had to obviously pay a little bit of money. So I used to borrow and get that done. But in the mix of both of these, I went through 2018. Kept getting out of stock, buy again. Going out of stock, getting again. It wasn't full free flowing on that. But we did well. This was bootstrapped so far? Like It was bootstrapped so far. So we were, in 2018, that first financial year, we, we were profitable. All I had to buy, yeah, we had, all I had to do was I had to borrow some money from my dad for inventory. So which I borrowed from him. But we, and I used to pay him back, working capital. Pay him back with the interest and then after 2019. And what was your monthly sales in 2018? Rough estimator. Yeah, I think we did around 7 to 8 crores that year, if I'm not mistaken. Amazing. 50 lakhs a month or more. Yeah, yeah. I think we were doing 50 lakhs a month. And then we've doubled every year since then, including this financial year we are closing right now. But at that point, we were doing those sales and borrowed money from my father to fulfill working capital. Then 2019, we received our first round of investment of a pre-series A. And that helped us grow again. And last year, we took in... How much did you raise? The first round was around 11 and a half crores. Then the second round was in August, which was around 28 crores. So these are the two rounds which we raised. Our team has been growing. We've invested and now set up our own great Indian sleep factory. We are going to move into different form of it. Yeah, like going back to 2018, you told me you had those supply challenges to solve. So how did you solve those then? Because the, then the Indian company, which was helping me with the manufacturing, they started getting up to speed, but they took that good one year to get up to speed, build the product, get the quality of raw material. Some of the raw materials are still being procured from outside. It should take time for it to come. There was a mismatch in it. So 2018 to 
2019 that happened. You, you, like 2018 was figuring out that whole production planning piece, being able to order much in advance. And yeah, so it was, and also understanding the product marketing, fit, market fit, all of that happened in that first year. So the life of the brand, and I said, I think came in 2019, 2019 to 2020, when we started getting firepower to grow the brand on that front. So we did that 2019 to 2020. And the distribution in 2019 was, how was the, was it largely Amazon throughout or did that change? No, it was largely Amazon throughout and marketplaces. It was largely marketplaces put together. Now it's changed because we started building a brand where people relate to us, love us, come to our website and want to interact with us directly. So the percentage has flipped, whereas largely us and now marketplaces is combined as well. But that time, yes. So like 2019, yeah, 2018, you were doing about 50, 60 lakhs a month. So 2019, you must have been, like you said, you doubled. So that must have been 1, 1.5 CR a month. Yes, 2019, we doubled. The year after that, we doubled. This year, we doubled. 3, 3 CR a month or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So we've been growing 100% year on year. And we're pushing for, again, another 120% growth next year itself. Now we believe we have a lot of firepower to be able to achieve that and ammunition because... We set up our own factory. Our teams are really being built well across the country. We'll move into experiential retail soon enough. So we will be 100% online, but we know that we need an omni-channel approach. So now we're, and yeah, there's a lot being built and there's a whole new range of products which are being introduced because we finally got our factory. So we're able to do now innovation, quality and focus on new products. So let's say one month from now, you'll be seeing a lot of new products which are released on Sleepy Cat. So this year, you will hit what, like current financial year, your estimated turnover? Not a direct number, but we'll be around the 50 CR mark and 100% year on your growth. So next year, you'll be 100 CR plus, like that's the target. Yeah, yeah. Hoping to do that. Absolutely. And so how did you go about setting up a factory, considering that you don't have that background in manufacturing. So, you know, how did you go about doing that? So, because I worked on the project report for my, for the first person who I met in India to set up a factory, I already knew what went into it. Actually, what happened was that also how I learned to set up the project report. When I started working and doing research on Sleepy Cat to start, after my last stint in the mattress industry, I went to close to 10 to 14 factories to learn, ask them questions, be that student, and then, hey, I need to find out. And by the 12, 13, 14, I felt I was, they felt I was an expert. Who's this guy who comes in for so much? So I knew on what goes into it by then. I helped set up the one for them out here in terms of their investment. Then in what I did was with the first round of investment, since I was from Calcutta, we had a main warehouse there. Now we've obviously shifted head office to Bombay. So in Calcutta, we set up a small factory, like an MVP, just to see if we can get it right. And we got that right. We were confident. And now this large-scale one opened up in Delhi. The calculator factory has what capacity? Like how many mattresses a day or month? Or? It was very small. It was just like a thousand mattresses a month, two, three thousand pillows a month, 500 accessories. It was very small. So we were just doing maybe 20% of our demand at max from our calculator factory. The rest was still contract manufacturing. But that initial helped us to understand, okay, we can go large. And what we've learned is putting in the investment and learning from such a large scale project. And like 
the product variants uh, expansion tell me about that so you started with one single mattress type tell me that evolution journey like from that one one model to what you have today and what so the idea of yeah idea of sleepy cat is to simplify sleep products change the way you purchase mattresses pillows and other sleep accessories we in the next few years we want to be the aspirational brand that when you think about sleep as a whole you think about sleepy cat there can be no one better than us in building these products at direct from factory prices so it was always needed that in this entire journey of sleep to simplify everything the mattress then the pillow then the comforter then the sheet and so on and so forth so we started with a mattress then we moved into a second mattress because we want some people wanted luxury some people wanted a regular then we moved into a pillow so the second mattress had more of the comfort layer more of the memory more yeah 8 inch layer 8 inch mattress it had Then we moved into a pillow, a memory foam pillow, which is your one perfect pillow, which has all the features, zipper cover, everything. The first one was between the seven to seven to fifteen thousand, which is a six inch one from single to king size. The second one was between twelve to twenty thousand, again depending on single to king size. This was more of a luxury one. Our pillow was launched at around fifteen hundred to two thousand rupees. Then we had a mattress protector, which helps in spills of the. Of anything that you use for your mattress, there was prices around thousand. Or even like sweat and all. Exactly. So there was prices around thousand rupees. Those were mainly the first few products we introduced, right? And now our portfolio obviously has items like baby mattresses, dog beds. So we have something for everyone in the family. We have a perfect comforter, reversible one, which can be thrown into the washing machine very easily. All season comfort. We have. We even have weighted blankets. Each blanket of a single size is at least seven kgs in weight. It helps in anti-anxiety and helps you sleep better. It's like pressure therapy on that front. So we have we have all sorts of things. We have a cloud pillow. We have a cuddle pillow. Is a cloud pillow is pretty cool actually. With the flick of a zip, you can change the softness and support you require in the pillow that you're using on that front. And we give them in both standard sizes and president sizes of hotels as well. So this is fluffy, good pillow that you would love to have a luxury pillow. That's also priced between again thousand and two thousand rupees. And uh, we have a cuddle pillow, which is just four and a half feet long pillow, which you just hug and sleep, and it just helps you sleep so much better, longer, faster, and everyone loves it. So the evolution has been around the sleep industry, and now what you see in April that's coming up is a whole further new range of items. We are the first one in India that we are uh, introducing a cool tech fabric that regulates your body temperature and actually cools you while you sleep at night, so you don't sleep hot. One of our new mattresses, which we'll be launching. We call the Sleepy Cat Ultima is going to be using deep touch pressure technology. Deep touch pressure technology is basically when we contour the shape of the mattress and the foam layers to be able to provide precise support and pressure relief at every part of your body that requires it. So it's the optimal mattress to maintain the shape of your spine when you're sleeping on your back or your side anywhere else on that front. How is it different from uh, the regular model? A, a regular mattress would just have a layer, one more layer of foam. And third layer of foam, all in flat shape, right? Now, in this mattress, in between the two layers of foam, everything in between is all contoured and shaped according to the shape of your body. Okay, so so the hip area, the shoulder area will be probably a little lower, so you have more support, and then you know your spine it gets absolutely shaped. So that has that entire stretch inside, and that provides you with much better quality sleep, pressurely. Will help you fall asleep deeper, faster, and you'll sleep for longer on that front. 
So we're the first people to introduce that. We worked on those trademarks as well. And all of this is coming because of a new factory. And there's so many more products that are going to be released. So we were quite basic. And now we're really pushing. What are the other products in the pipeline? We're working on different kinds of pillows as well, which are hybrid pillows where you'll be able to have core support, pillow and pillow support on that front. Special Specialty pillows for different sleepers. Some people just like a slim pillow. They don't want too much of it. We're working on that. We're working on other hybrid, particularly orthopedic mattresses as well that cater to their people's need. But again, we're keeping the portfolio as simplified as possible. We're not going to be adding more and more in terms of different varieties. We're working on luxury comfort as well. So within that range, more items are being added. But we're trying to be cognizant of the fact that we want to keep it simple. So these product extensions, are you looking to manufacture all of them in-house? Or do you find manufacturers globally and either get them built in India or outside? Like, How does that happen? It's a mix. Majority of the major products, which are mattresses and pillows, mattresses to have close to 70% of our sales are mattresses. And let's say 15% is pillows and then is accessories, right? The major ones we are manufacturing in-house, definitely, because we want the control in its price quality. And yes, some of them, like we are working on the perfect set of fitted sheets, which we want to release. And that we are working on with our outside contract manufacturers because people do have more expertise than us on that front. Well, listing on Amazon is one thing, but then... What did you do to actually drive sales? Did you like spend on performance marketing or advertising on Amazon? Or what are the ways in which you drive sales? So I think the listing quality is very important in the beginning. The way your carousal of pictures look, the descriptions. Putting Amazon allows you to put up a video out there. So make use of it. So that's what I did. I created that video of myself, that one minute video. And they're seeing the founder speaking about his product passionately and providing that trust in its quality that really helps in its conversion. So I made sure the listing was up to the mark. And once it was, with just a little bit of advertising and putting in some dollars on Amazon, it became a pull factor, right? Because you're solving a value proposition. I keep telling people, you think about the IRCTC railway working platform. Before it existed, you would go to the train station to book a ticket. Now you will never go because you can do it online. So the same way, if you see, now I can buy a mattress cheaper, better, faster. I don't like it. I can return it. It has all the features. Why should I go to the store and go to the pay point of a salesperson who's going to sell me a mattress that gets his maximum amount of margin? And he's getting 10,000 rupees. He doesn't have any idea what's going to suit your back. He's not an expert on that front. So it's a broken process. And when you're solving it and you're providing something to a consumer, automatically it's a pull factor on that front. And how does the return guarantee work? Is that supported through Amazon only? Like Amazon has that 10-day return period on mobiles, etc. So it is, but they reach out to us as well. Since we are sellers, buyers always have direct access to message and contact sellers. So we put it in our description and you have a 39 trial. So they contact us directly and yeah, sure, we'll pick it up because we've given you that guarantee. There's the only caveat is that we ask them, hey, you can't, damage the mattress and provide it back. Uh, it has to be in its correct condition on that front. That's it. And otherwise, no questions asked. If you don't like it, we understand. We made a mattress to suit 95% of the people. Some people might want a particular firm mattress or some extra soft mattress, right? And we understand that if you don't like it for those reasons, we can pick it up. What is the way in which you think of what product to 
do next? Is it led by intuition that you feel, okay, we should have this? What, what drives that process? So actually our vision of what Sleepycat wants to be, right? When we started this business, there were existing competition that was also selling mattresses direct from factory. But everyone was solving. I think Wakefit was there and maybe Pepperfry also has mattress. Uh, they had a few of them there. So what everyone was solving for then and I still feel now is that they're changing the way you consume the product, right? That direct from factory, now cheaper, it's faster free returns. But in this journey of changing what you're doing, you're still taking a product that exists offline and putting it online. I always wanted to change what you consume also in this journey. Let's bring in the cool tech fabric. Let's bring in the weighted blanket. Let's bring in the cuddle pillow. If you like to hear stories of founders, then we have tons of great stories from entrepreneurs who have built billion-dollar businesses. Just search for the Founder Thesis Podcast on any audio streaming app like Spotify, Ghana, Apple Podcasts, and subscribe to the show. So our vision to build a sleep solutions company is that in the next few years, they think about us. Yes, we might be slightly more on the premium side of 10 to 15% more in price, but there won't be anyone better in the range that we are creating. And I'm creating it from my belief and passion of everything that I've seen and I've experienced in the West and how people literally invest in rest and invest in the bedroom, right? Out here, people don't do that. And I feel because they haven't had an outlet to. Today, if I can have a brand that provides you president-style pillows, fluffy comforters, cool tech fabric, you would love investing in it because there's such a need now in the market where people are now spending their Sunday afternoons in bed, reading a book, watching Netflix, that they want to invest in their bedroom, but they don't have an outlet to relate to a brand and give them these high quality products and direct from factory prices. So my vision is to build that premium sleep solutions company that there would be nothing like Sleepy Cat that exists in the market. So when I have that positioning in mind, I go to market with products which are new, which are high of quality, which are solving a certain purpose, right? Other than just selling the product and commoditizing it online. So well, through that vision stems the new products. These are like, essentially, you saw best, best in class stuff in the West and then you wanted to try it in India, but you must have had some hits, some misses, like you might have thought, okay, this is a great product, but then it didn't sell at all. Tell me about some of those uh, things. Also, the approach we have to the brand and the products I through such a simplified way where, you know, we release one of everything, one of a pillow, one of a comforter. So sometimes it's easier to get it right because they're not going through so many iterations and so many different products. There have been one or two hits or misses where we've seen stuff which has worked in different countries and not worked here. Not acceptable for different reasons of price point or material or temperature of the, the Indian climate. So that, but we work with a very lean model. So those mistakes don't cost you too much, basically. You're able to control the downside. Yeah, luckily not. Obviously, I believe that as you scale, any mistake has a larger impact because you automatically, then you hold larger inventory. You invest more money and time in marketing for a product. So one mistake then becomes larger. But in the beginning, we were able to tread carefully. It's good to make the mistakes earlier on. And now hopefully we can learn from them. What are some of those mistakes that you learned from? if you can share. So, so we created this one, a bed, not a bed, but more of a platform for a mattress, right? Which works very well in the West as well as all other countries in Asia. 
and it's perfect for e-commerce. That's like a, uh, it's like a low bed. Yeah, it's not a bed, but it's made of metal. It's like a metal frame. So it's a beautiful metal frame of high quality, which goes into a small box and is shipped to you. Requires no tools to be assembled. It just snaps into place. And a lot of countries in the world and in America, they don't use a bed. They use just a platform and they put a nice thick mattress on top of it. So I thought it'll be a very economical price point for the Indian market. And as well, it would be a great product because it's e-commerce. You can store it when they want. They snap it back to place. It comes back to shape. It's invisible. Your mattress goes on top of it. It takes around 200 kgs. It's solid. So I think it solved everything for the Indian market. But why it didn't work, according to me, is that I think Indians looked at this metal bed as inferior. Mm -hmm. Metal, today, we don't think of something as a superior product. But the use case of it is very popular all over the world. And they use it as like an invisible bed at the bottom. But Indians think that can't be their bed. So, yeah, they wanted a better quality. They wanted wood. They wanted those items. So okay, well, that's some Indians don't like to sleep close to the floor because the floor is so dirty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They don't like to sleep close to the floor. And yeah, I think they're setting up their house. They want a better pro uh, product sometimes. And especially the audience we are targeting, right? Which is, let's say, 26, 27 year olds and above. People who are moving to their own place, working at a startup or an entrepreneur, or just setting up their own house. They were in a relationship or just got married. And they have a design sense. When they're setting up this space, they don't want to invest in, let's say, a metal bed. So it wasn't matching our customer persona directly as well. We were targeting a premium audience, but we were then selling something which we thought had a use case, but maybe it was an inferior product, according to other people. So currently, what percentage of your sales is Amazon and what is your own website? Now we've crossed over 50% of our website. And let's say the rent 45% is all marketplaces put together. It wasn't the case earlier. It was 70 to 75% marketplaces and 25% on website. So the flip had to take place on that front. Damn building. And how did you do the flip? Like our brand building efforts, I think we grew organically and through word of mouth very well. We had hired a good tech team as well. So our website catered to a great user experience. The speed, the journey, the purchase, the communication through there, the tracking. You got everything through our website that you would not get on marketplaces. We had mattress recommenders. You come online to our website, you answer a few questions that tell you which is the best mattress for you. Ah, okay. Okay, like a wizard. Yeah. And we had a way, exactly. We had we had automated AI chatbots that even if at night we don't have our entire customer experience team working, the AI chatbot was built through such a large extent that it could be able to give you answers for better decision making. So yeah, a combination of that. And do you also, do you have performance marketing budgets uh, to acquire customers or do you rely more on content and word of mouth? I would say we spend, let's say, 20% to 30% of marketing money on brand where we do campaigns and shoots and videos that lead to rec recognition, realization of the brand over time. And we spend 60 to 70% of our budget directly on performance ads for conversion on Google, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and the like. So it's a mix between both. There's even money spent on long-term brand building and some of it indirectly to, hey, buy from me. Are you doing influencer marketing, celebrity marketing, stuff like that? Or is that on the cards? Yeah, we do influencer marketing as well. But yeah, 
in the recent past, I've just come to a realization that I feel that all brands do influencer marketing in such a similar way of just providing the product and saying, hey, talk good about it. So now this year, we had some ideas said, okay, like, we're not going to do that. Let's do it from a different perspective. Maybe do it more candidly and be so proud of a product and say that, okay, you know what? Let's just send you the product two months in advance and you call me and you tell me if you like the product and we'll come and chat with you about it then. So we want to approach it through a different perspective. Let's see what works, but not the typical regular one. It might get you a little bit of the marketing dollars, but it doesn't feel good. It's not the correct impact you have on the audience. Like what you're saying is traditional influencer marketing involves the influencer performing. It's not a heartfelt endorsement. You want a heartfelt endorsement. It's always like that, right? And it fuels that and the ecosystem just runs on that because the audience believes the influencer to a large extent and whether they actually use it or not. And the circle of life keeps going. Got it. Okay. And the uh, offline, like you're setting up these experience centers, are you also looking to sell offline or these are just like touch and feel centers where somebody wants to touch and feel before buying, then they can come? So you should, you'll be able to sell from there as well. But we really want to combine the omni-channel approach. We want to make it Instagrammable, have a good spot. We want people to come take a nap, chill out there. We maybe use, have a nap cafe, have serve tea, let people work out of there. We want people to experience the product, gel with it, mingle with it, and really enjoy the space being a sleepy kind customer. And obviously it's there for conversion as well. So it's part of it is marketing, part of it is actually sales also. And we want to have these touch points of experience centers where you can come hang out, work out of there being a sleepy cat customer throughout India. So we'll allow that for our customers. Uh, so uh, tell me about your fundraise journey. Like uh, the first round that you raised, did was it like inbound interest or did you go and pitch? Uh, how did you navigate that? We had inbound interest because I think we were creating good looking brand in terms of the way it is in terms of its logo, its branding, its packaging, its capabilities. We were growing well as well in terms of numbers and we did have inbound interest luckily. So it was just about speaking to a few people to see who was the right partner. And following from the first round, even the second round was inbound interest as well. So in both combinations, we had inbound interest and we were able to close something fast enough. So this round, which you've just raised, the bigger round, what are you going to use those funds for? The last round, I'm guessing you would have invested in your factory, right? No, the last round was invested into building product, building marketing, building team, building the small factory, which was the MVP we did in Calcutta. Yes. I, we set up some warehouses across the country. So invested into those areas. We are investing into tech. This second round has been investment into one, product development already taken place. Two, into a new factory. A new factory is built based with these funds. We have invested a lot into a little bit of a rebrand and a marketing, which you will see starting April. We wanted to really solidify our position as being that partner for sleep, which is nothing like Sleepy Cat. And we felt that we could elevate branding on that front. So we've invested into that as well. And yeah, for the rest of the journey, a lot of the team is being built. Some of the experienced stores. That's where this money is going into. Okay. Okay. Are you planning to do like TV ads and all also after the rebrand? Not yet. Not yet. I think we are still quite young for that. We do try exploring Hotstar during let's say the IPL once, but 
until you invest a lot of money on Hotstar and IPL, you don't get the kind of mileage. So we're sticking to mostly the traditional online methods at the moment. And we'll continue that because we feel that there's still a lot of scope and money in the market, which is going to come from the online growth in, in, in India at the moment. Okay. So when COVID hit, did that impact your sales? What was the, tell me about the COVID journey. It impacted it, but a lot of people hear this and it is fine. It's surprising. Sometimes it impacted it in a good way. We had a lot of people spending time at home and realizing my mattress is not good. So let's invest in a new mattress. Then they started realizing it came late. I keep telling people it's 2022. Cars are flying. We don't know what's inside a mattress. And this is only here in the West. People pay so much attention to what they sleep on. The sheets, the thread count, the pillow that they buy. And out here, it wasn't the case. People then started realizing the need for better quality sleep. Man, if I sleep better, I'm going to be Superman tomorrow. I'm going to be healthier. I'm going to be fitter. I'm going to work better. That that worked for us as well, where people started realizing the need. Then the Instagram will age that if they sleep better, they are a better person. And during COVID, I think that really propelled where they realized they wanted to invest in better quality sleep products. They're at home. And that helped us because one, there was a higher demand for it. Two, there were physical stores were not there for people to have that availability. So we were direct from factory online e-commerce. So yeah, it definitely helped in that journey for people to realize to invest in these products. And so let's say money being no constraint, what are like the key constraints to growth? What are the things that you think you should really focus and solve to, let's say, grow 5x? So some of the challenges we face today, one is that we are very operations heavy business, right? Because even though we're able to compress our mattress into a small box, the box is still not going to go in your backpack of your delivery man who comes on a scooter. We still require trucking and logistics. We still require a van. We still require decent warehousing space. Our returns come in its open state because once people open the mattress, you can't put it back into a box, right? Until we take it back to our factory. So it's such a... But what percentage gets returned? Like, I would say 5 to 6% gets returned. Yeah. So we still need to cater to that operational side of the business, which provides an experience to the consumer. Now, because our products come into the heavy and bulky category of logistics and warehousing, automatically it is not, let's say, delivered as fast as a mobile phone being delivered, right? Into the, let's say, corners of India. The returns are not as easy as you buy a t-shirt online and that guy coming in a plastic packet and taking it, right? Like two, three people can't pick up the mattress, put in the truck. So it's an operational heavy business. Now, to cater to that and provide that experience to consumers, that's a challenge. For us to grow, we need a seamless consumer experience and we are always working to improve on that. So that and the challenge. Like you want to reach next day delivery, basically. Next day delivery or even our 72 hour delivery, we want to have a hit rate of at least 90 to 95%. We want to have a hit rate of our returns to be completed within 10 days of 90 to 95%. So to get that done, our packaging to arrive in a good state, there are quite a few challenges out there. And the more you grow, the more the problems come up, right? You want to kind of improve at the same time of growing, right? But it's always the challenge is there. Normally, you sacrifice one or the other or you try doing both. But that's a challenge which we're working with. That's required for us to be able to grow 2 to 3x. 
Because the experience needs to be that today, if we believe and say that there's nothing like sleeping at product, there has to be nothing like sleeping at customer service. So that's one challenge that I believe we have to work towards. Second is that, which we have already now worked on, is our branding and positioning. Sometimes people don't realize that CPCAT is superior in terms of its quality innovation. It's, it's compared to the other existing brands. So to be able to communicate that through our marketing methods, that puts launching in April. So I think these two challenges to continuously differentiate ourselves and provide the consumer the experience he deserves, that's going to help us grow 2x, 3x, 4x in the coming few years. So how, how does CPCAT compare with the competitors? You must be occupying a different positioning compared to say a Wakefit or a Pepperfry. Tell me about that. Yeah, so as I said, they, I think, catered to the market very well. They are definitely solving the purpose and doing well in terms of providing a product direct from factory. Well, what we feel we want to do is that we provide products that could be a little differentiated, but consumers would love investing in them. We don't mind working on higher quality and higher priced products such as weighted blankets, cuddle pillows, solving special purposes for the consumers. But we have built, we want to build in a premium category that people can really enjoy investing in rest. The cool tech fabrics, our new mattresses. So. Uh, we might be the 15% more expensive range, but we want to provide and cater to a different category and a persona of people. W what is your headcount right now? The current team members in Bombay are like 40. At the factory, we have close to 25 executives. As well. This is just executive staff I'm talking about. Other than that, we have obviously the factory workers. We have a close to around 100 of them. So it's a distribution between Delhi and factory out, Delhi and office out here in Bombay. Okay. And uh, you have a customer service team, li li like to do, like a mattress advisor, so a customer can call and... Okay. Yes, we have that. That sits out. So how many people in that team? They're, at the moment, they're like 20 to 25 people. Yeah. Because they also cater into if you need any help in the delivery issues, anything has taken place. And uh, are you selling to hotels also or is it just direct to consumer? No, direct to consumer. Hotels, it's a B2B play. All mattress manufacturers in India cater to them and they buy regular mattresses. They don't need something very specialized. And that brings us to the end of this conversation. I want to ask you for a favor now. Did you like listening to this show? I'd love to hear your feedback about it. Do you have your own startup ideas? I'd love to hear them. Do you have questions for any of the guests that you heard about in this show? I'd love to get your questions and pass them on to the guests. Write to me at ad at thepodium.in. That's ad at t-h-e-p-o-d-i-u-m dot in. Have a great day. No, I don't like that ending. Uh, go go make a noise. No, no. Uh, keep rocking and keep listening. <laughs>